0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Worthy to See podcast. I'm Chip Stewart. It is Sunday, April 2nd, 2023. And uh, what I'd like to talk about during this episode is to answer the question whether or not I am saved. And this is a follow-on teaching from the last episode where I talked about um, eternal security, the believer's salvation. And so What comes naturally is, well, how do I know if I'm saved in the first place? Um, This is a very important point as well, because Christ talks specifically about people who say this, and this is in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is pretty serious, pretty scary thing to hear from our Lord in heaven. But if you're truly a believer, you should never have to worry about hearing that. And my concern for you is instead you hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Welcome into the joy of of your master. That's what I want everyone to be able to hear. So how do we know if we're saved? Well, what I'd like to to do is use the, um, the book of First John as the basis for this. Because within it, as I mentioned last time, he has a purpose statement where he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So he's writing this so that we know we have eternal life, so we know we are saved, so we know we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and have become children of God and have him as our father in heaven. So, based on this and what he says, I naturally go back to his book and look through it. Okay, well, how is he proving this point? How is he making it clear to us that we have eternal life? So, what I've done is I've gone through the book, and based on what John has written, I have set up a series of questions that I think we can ask ourselves concerning our faith. And what I'll do is as I go through each question, I will highlight the verses that John uses to answer that question or to bring up that question and potentially some other verses um, in the scriptures that help support what John is saying here. And we need to use this as self-examination, to check the condition of our hearts as, as believers. And depending on how you answer these questions depends on whether or not you know you have eternal life. So hopefully it will give you some insight into the into the uh, the state of your own salvation. And then what I'll do is after I've posed these questions, and, and they're really not in any particular order, um, just really as I came across them in the text, um, I'll finish up by concluding with some things that we can do as a result of knowing that we are saved. Because it's like, it's like application, if you will, right at the end of, of his book. So the first question that I'd like to start with is this. Do you do the will of the Father? Do you keep his commandments? So in chapter 1, starting in verse 3, it says, And by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So do you keep his commandments? This goes back to the very first episode I did. Um, of this podcast, with the call to obedience. And that centered around some key verses from the book of John, chapter 14, where Jesus says in verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then in verse 21, he follows it up by saying, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And then James also echoes this uh, sentiment of obedience in chapter 2 of his letter, where he says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And then works here essentially meaning living out Christ's commandments, obeying the Father. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Goes back to the question, do you do the will of the Father? So here, let's go back to Matthew chapter 7, verse, um, verse 21. Uh, I skipped a little bit in there for verse 21. Let's, let's complete that. Hopefully some of you, you all picked up on that. But it said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You obey the Father and therefore the Son. So do you obey his commandments? 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. And this is His commandment, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us. Whoever keeps His commandments abides in God and God in Him. And by this we know that He abides in us, by the Spirit whom He has given us. And we talked last time about how God gives us His Holy Spirit as a guarantee and a seal with everything that entails. Um, A highlight of that would be Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. So you will know that you have his Spirit. And the final verse I'd like to bring to your attention that helps answer the question or address the question, do you do the will of the Father, is uh, found in 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. So going back to the question I posed, do you do the will of the Father? Do you keep his commandments? That's the first question that you should be asking yourself. And depending on your answer to that, may shed some light on whether you're saved or not the second question do you love your brothers and sisters in christ or do you hate your brother so in first john chapter 2 verses 7 through 11 it talks about loving your brothers and sisters in christ beloved i am not writing a new commandment to you but an old commandment which you have which you have had from the beginning the old commandment is the word which you have heard On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness blinded his eyes. In chapter three, starting in verse uh, in, in uh, verses the section of verses eleven through eighteen, I'm going to pull out for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. And in one John, um, in chapter four, it says, "Beloved, let us let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And this commandment we have from Him: whoever loves God must also love his brother." So here we have a very strong indication that if you are of God, you love your brother. If you hate your brother, your brothers and sisters in Christ, then you are probably not of God. Recall in, um, in Christ's high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, that he prayed for us to perfectly love one another, so that the world may know that the Father sent him and that Christ loved them. And then also in Paul's letter to, to the Philippians, it talks about us having the same love. So in Philippians chapter 2, it says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like minded, having the same love being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So here is a description of loving one another, esteeming others before ourselves. So it goes back to the question, do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ, or do you hate your brother? This is a very key commandment that we have received from our Lord. The next question, do you love the world? And we talked about this um, with the world system during the world system episode. But here in, uh, in the first John In chapter 2, John John says, Do not love the world, but rather do the will of God. And James speaks very forcefully forcefully about this in chapter 4 of his letter, where he says, starting in verse 1, What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source of your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and, and do not have, so you murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world sets himself as an enemy of God. This is a very important one. Do you love the world or do you love God? God is making it very plain here that it's one or the other. So we all need to check ourselves with this question. The next question, do you confess the son? First John in chapter 22, um, he, he talks about, no one who denies the son has the father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. Eternal life when we acknowledge the son. Verses 22 through 25 say, Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Everyone who denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. As for you, let that which you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise which he himself made to us, eternal life. So here he's saying, if we confess the Son, he has promised us eternal life. In chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And then continuing on in verse 15, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Turning to Luke in chapter 9, Jesus warns us, here starting verse 23, And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words... The son of man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the father and of the holy angels. Do you confess the son? Next question. Do you practice righteousness? This can be found in chapter two, verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. If you're practicing righteousness, you are born of Him. And practicing being that regular conduct that you do, not that you know, occasional slip-up, but you are practicing righteousness. You are seeking to obey the Father. You're seeking to obey the Son and please Him. 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 13, it says here, Therefore, having girded your minds for action, being sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not being conformed to the former lusts, which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your conduct, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. We are, Our lives should be aimed at Being holy, like our Father in heaven is holy, should aim for righteousness. So the question was, do you practice righteousness? Next question, do you hope in Christ? This can also be found in chapter 2 and verse 3, where it says, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself, as he is pure. Do you hope in Christ, or do you hope in something else? Next question, do you practice sin? So this would be very similar to you, do you practice righteousness? So the flip side of it, do you practice sin? In chapter three, verse nine, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. And I want to remind you again, this is a practice of sin. practice meaning you're going out to see how you can sin, you're scheming, you're, you're thinking about how you can sin. This is not the falling, the occasional falling short in our lives, you know, that occasional sin that we have, um, hopefully it's occasional, um, that we repent from, because remember uh, in First John uh, chapter 1, verses five, starting in verse 5, it says, and this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness we lie and do not t- and do not do the truth but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us here's, here's what's key If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So here John is clearly saying that, yes, we will sin. And that um, if we confess them, he, Jesus Christ, is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from this unrighteousness that, that we are confessing. So this is different than practicing sin where we are planning to sin. Scheming to sin, we we have a life of sin that we continue to practice and and make. Maybe I should say make it a practice of doing it as opposed to um, the occasional times that uh, that we do find ourselves sinning. And please remember, go to the Father and confess that sin as soon as you um, as soon as you realize um, that you have sinned. So, do you practice sin? Another question to ask yourself that that could shed light on the state of your salvation. Next question, do you listen to the prophets, apostles, word of God? Do you listen to the prophets, the apostles, and the word of God? And this can be found in John chapter 4, verse 6. Whoever knows God listens to us, us there being the apostles, the prophets, and and then the word of God that comes from them. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit, I'm sorry, by this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So do you have the spirit of truth in you or do you have the spirit of error in you? So do you listen to the prophets, apostles, and the word of God? Final question. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Chapter 5, verse 1, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. Continuing on in verses 4 and 5, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And then continuing on down to verses 10 through 12, Asking the same sort of question, do you believe that Jesus is is the Christ? Paul in Romans chapter 10, starting verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, leading to righteousness. And and with the mouth, he confesses, leading to salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes upon him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So that final question, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? So in this, in this book, in First John, John is laying out a case for us whereby we can know that we are saved, that we have eternal life, that we have salvation from God our Father, by kind of giving asking questions of a heart condition. You know, what is it, how do we act? What do we believe? And the way we answer those questions will help determine whether or not we really are saved. And hopefully, for those of us who are saved, it can be very reassuring when you answer those questions as God says we should, as believers. Um, you have that assurance that yes, I am saved because this confidence of your salvation is essential, so that you're not you're not worried about it. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they do not want us to be worried about our salvation. They want us to love Him freely. They they want us to love each other freely, to obey His commands, to glorify His name in this life. If you're always worried that whether you're saved or not, that is going to retard that ability of you to, to really live a joyous life in the light of God, in, in His glorious light. And... In chapter 5, John continues, and what I've tried to do here is pull out kind of the so what. You know, once we know we have eternal life, once we know that we're saved, what impact does that have? And so in chapter 5, starting in verse 14, it says here that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. So here, once we know we have eternal life, we can know that we can ask of him and he will grant what we ask. In verse 16, if anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. We can pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ when they're sinning so that God can give him life or her life. Uh, verse 18, everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has but he who has sorry, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. So here it tells us that once we're saved, we do not keep on sinning. We do not make a practice of sinning. And God protects us and protects us from the evil one, and that's what Christ prayed for us in John chapter 17 during the high priestly prayer to protect us from the evil one. And that's how we're that's from the Lord's prayer how we're supposed to pray. So it's this confidence that we have, we have the Lord's protection and we're not going to continue practicing practicing sin. Verse 19. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So we know we have been pulled out Of the world system that's under the power of the evil one and now we're in the kingdom of God and we know we are from God verse 20 we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son Jesus Christ he is the true God and eternal life this confidence that we know that Christ has given us understanding that we can know him who is true and that he is our eternal life. It's it's that confidence in knowledge. And then finally, verse 21, keeping ourselves from idols. That's an admonition that John leaves us with uh, in this letter where he, he says, keep yourselves from idols. Now that we have that eternal life, God does not wanting us to turn back uh, to any sort of idols. So, so in closing, I'd like you to consider uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses, uh, starting verse 1 through 11, uh, this, this section of Scripture that talks about making our calling and election sure. So let me read through this. To those who have received the same kind of faith as ours, by the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the full knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the full knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, Supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the full knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For in whom these things are not present, that one is blind, being nearsighted, having forgotten the purification from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and choosing sure, for in doing these things you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. So in this passage, he's talking about that self-examination, if these things that he has just listed here, such as self-control, perseverance, godliness, if these things are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he wants us to do, is to bear fruit and be useful in in, in his service. And if you are not increasing these things, then you, you may want to examine yourself and figure out why. Okay, because Christ wants us to be obedient to him, to glorify his name, to expand his kingdom. So be all, be diligent to make your calling and choosing sure. And I think here in First in John, John gives us some material to say, okay, is my, is my calling sure? And I'll go back through the questions. Do you do the will of the Father? Do you keep his commandments? Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? Or do you hate your brother? Do you love the world? Do you confess the Son? Do you practice righteousness? Do you hope in Christ? Do you practice sin? Do you listen to the prophets, apostles, and the Word of God? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Well, I hope I hope this has been helpful. This this examination of 1 John in relation to answering his question or his his purpose statement here, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. I hope now you can know that you have eternal life. From the previous episode, I know that once you have eternal life, that salvation is secure. It is being secured by the entire Trinity. And that knowing this, you can live your life Enjoy serving our Lord Jesus Christ and make all glory to his name. Amen.